back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Goslin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. On Yahoo Sports Radio. I want winners. Well, Talk to Fame Network's brought to you by a winner. That's MyCleanPC. If your computer runs slowly, go to MyCleanPC.com for a free computer diagnosis. And within minutes, you can download software to clean up what may be slowing it down. That's MyCleanPC.com. We're also brought to you by Grasshopper, which is the entrepreneur's phone system. Entrepreneur, that's Ron Borges and Rick Austin. Yes, sir. Turn your mobile phone system into a business system with Grasshopper. Get a local toll-free number. Just bring your own. See how it works? Go to Grasshopper.com. Our first guest is no stranger to us or, well, really to anyone in Florida or Georgia. He's Hall of Fame voter Sam Kavaris of WJXT-TV and Sports4Jacks.com in Jacksonville, where there's plenty going on this offseason. Sam, you're on with Clark, Rick, and Ron. And first of all, thanks for joining us. And secondly, we want to hear what's going on with Jacksonville, but thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And, um, you know, I've admired you guys for a long time, and I appreciate all the the work you're doing on the Talk of Fame Network, and as you know, at the uh, at the owners' meetings down in Boca, it's been Jacksonville, and and you know, you we've all talked about this at the meetings. That you know, it's kind of funny how the progression is. People talk about how bad a team is, and then they talk about what are they going to do about it. Then all of a sudden, if they make a couple of moves, it's like, oh, well, I kind of like what's going on there <laughs> in Jacksonville. And then the next year, it's. Oh, well, you know, I was talking about them last year, blah, blah, blah. And this year, the Jaguars are kind of like the hot topic in yeah. Boca because of the free agency a- agent money they spent and uh, the fact that they do have the fifth pick in the draft coming up. Well, okay, since you mentioned that, they're the hot topic on this network, too. At least this week they are. And uh, since we've been talking a lot the past two weeks, Sam, about free agency, I want to start there. Um, you know, you talked about the money they've spent, and they have spent a lot on free agency, including $42 million guaranteed on defensive lineman Malik Jackson. What impact do you think uh, or should these guys have on the team? And, and would you have spent your money elsewhere if you had that chance? No, I, I think I would have spent it the same way. I know they really wanted Olivier Vernon, but obviously the Giants went outside the box to get him. And in the end, the Jaguars actually told Vernon's agent, look, we'll, we'll do whatever it takes to get him here. And Vernon basically told his agent, I don't want to play in Jacksonville. So, you know, and then Dave Caldwell told me, look, I don't want to come here. There's not much we can do about it. And that was that. So, uh, you know, Malik Jackson is uh, obviously the, uh, uh, the the other prized guy, even though he's an inside guy. And I, I saw, I think, I think, uh, Goose, you wrote a – you might have written an article or sent something out about somebody did a, a real breakdown of the defensive front seven of the of the Broncos, and, and it was Jackson that was the disruptor and the guy that created a lot of situations for other guys to make plays. So – even when he wasn't making plays. He, he's where I would have spent my money. I think the, the the sleeper signing that may turn out to be something is Kelvin Beecham. This is a guy who was a starter for the Steelers, very versatile, very confident. They just stuck him in there. Probably would have been the prized offensive lineman coming out this year as a free agent. He tore his ACL and missed the last 11, season, last 11 games of the year last year. So, uh, he was under the radar. Somebody that Caldwell had targeted all along. Basically, they got him for cheaper, and they feel like that by the second week of training camp, he'll be 100% ready to go again. So that may be the the one guy. Clearly, they they like, uh, as Gus Bradley said, a violent, violent runner in Chris Ivory. Very different than anybody the Jaguars have ever had in their backfield. So when you start looking at that and 
Uh, Tayshawn Gibson is a ball hawk, 14 interceptions in his career. If these guys all can stay healthy at this point, that's what they're looking for. They're taking a chance on a guy like uh, Prince Amukamara, who has you know, never really been fully healthy, and he was willing to sign a one-year deal. So no risk for the Jaguars there. And remember, the Jaguars didn't spend any free agent money in the last three years. And according to the CBA, they had to spend some this year to reach the floor of the amount that they needed to. So they went out and spent it. Sam, on another front, what's the end game with London? Ownership signed on for five more years to play games there, giving London essentially a quarter of the season ticket package without any of the preseason baggage. Is this a means to keep the team in Jacksonville or a play to get the foot in the door for European expansion? I think full-time it's uh, Shad Khan's nod to his international kind of um, the other businesses that he has and an opportunity for him to entertain on the continent. He uses the Jaguars to entertain in, the, in America. You know, I asked him the other day, I said, look, you own 40 businesses. You've said that the Jaguars are in the bottom half of your portfolio. Where do they fit in in your mind? He said, look, I know where my bread's buttered, but the Jaguars are a small but important part of the portfolio. If you've got a $1.3 billion asset that you're able to call a small part of your portfolio, <laughs> it, it means that you know, you're know you using it for something, and he certainly uses it for entertainment. Uh, the revenue out of London sustains when Jacksonville is not winning. And there are about 50,000 Jaguar fans are going to go to every game no matter what the record is. But in order to, to reach that threshold of 65,000 that becomes the, the sellout number, the Jaguars need to win. And as you know, in Jacksonville, one out of every 11 people in town have to be in the stadium for it to be full. In Chicago, that number is one out of 88. So, you know, you're talking a very different dynamic about the market size. And uh, London, is, uh, London is a revenue stream that the Jaguars need I think last year it produced 23% of their total revenue with just the one game. When you can get that kind of sponsorship dollars following you around, you're not going to leave there. $1.3 million. I have a dollar and 30 cents in my portfolio. That's in the upper third, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Personal portfolio. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, Sam, one of, the, one of the guys we've written about and talked about, he's been a friend of the show on our show, Tony Buscelli and his Hall of Fame uh, chances. Obviously, injuries cut his career a little bit short. Just wondering what your thought is on uh, Buscelli's Hall of Fame chances. Is he ever going to even get in the room, do you believe? I was pleased that he was a semifinalist this year, kind of a nod to, to the t- sheer talent that he had at the position. But... Only the brevity of his career is a black mark against Baselli. When you talk about the great tackles of, of his era, if he's the fourth, the other three are in the Hall of Fame at this point. So when you, know, when you discuss the length of career, and that's something that we all do in that room, whether or not that has an impact, you know, whether Lynn Swan's numbers you know, certainly don't add up, but, I mean, the, the brevity of his career – it hurt his chances, but eventually, obviously, he got in. Modern-day player like Terrell Davis, who is um, you know, considered to be a shooting star and the best postseason runner in the history of the game, certainly is getting consideration. If the voters and if the committee really want to look at sheer talent and talk to other people who played against him and coached against him, there's no question that Baselli is in the same class as the other guys. Uh, that are already in the hall. It's just a question of whether or not people want to overlook the fact that he 
he had a short career because of injury. Sam, the Colts have announced they're going to build a statue of Peyton Manning in front of their stadium. If you were to put a statue in front of the Everbank Field, who would it be? Boselli, Brunel, Fred Taylor, Jimmy Smith, who would you give the statue to? Probably the first statue they should build is to Wayne Weaver because if it wasn't for Weaver, Jacksonville would have never gotten a team. He was a, a guy who joined the fraternity, and that's the whole reason that ja- the Jaguars became a reality. In terms of players, it's hard to look past what Fred Taylor did here in terms of sheer numbers and uh, how beloved he is here. The guy that people really love is Fred Taylor. Vassali's got his detractors. Brunel's got his detractors. Jimmy Smith left under some rather auspicious circumstances. You know, you, you can look back to those glory days of the Jaguars, and, and I think everybody would point to Fred as a, a unifying force across the board. Hey, Sam, thanks for the time. Thanks for the insight. Do us a favor, if you could. Tell Hall of Fame voter Vito Stellino, no cheering in the press box when the Steelers come to town, okay? <laughs> I'll tell him that. Sam, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it, and thanks, we will guys. have you on again. Thanks, Sam. Thank you. Keep up the good thanks, work. Sam. Thanks, Sam. That was Hall of Fame voter Sam Kavaras. Up next, a Hall of Fame agent, Lee Steinberg. This is the Talk of Fame Network.